Welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. My name is Natalie Nidham. I'm a nutritionist, a human potential, and epigenetic coach, and I created this podcast to bring you the latest ways to take control of your health and longevity. We cover it all, from new technology to ancestral health practices, personalized interventions, and a very special interest of mine, peptides. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today, we've got a great episode for you. But before we jump into the episode, I want to talk to you about mitochondria. We know those mitochondria, super important powerhouses of the cell. And as a health and longevity enthusiast, you know just how important those mitochondria are to every single aspect of your health. But did you know how critical they are to actually maintaining muscle health? If you're over the age of 40 or even 35, you've probably noticed that building and holding on to lean muscle isn't quite as easy as it used to be. And this is an issue because carrying muscle not only helps us to look good, it also means that we stay metabolically healthy with less effort and we get to perform our best. It's also a huge part of aging well. This is why keeping up with a solid exercise routine is critical, but keeping muscle healthy as we age is a whole different story. Now, urolithin A. Have you heard of this? Urolithin A has created a stir in the field of human performance and healthy aging that I've been using ever since I learned about them in episode 99 of this podcast. I'm going to bring this all together in a second here. It is the active ingredient in MitoPure and the culmination of over 15 years of research, over 11 human clinical trials, and over 300 scientific studies. Timeline Nutrition's MitoPure is the first product to offer a precise dose of urolithin A, that's 500 milligrams, to upgrade mitochondrial function, increase cellular energy. This results in improved muscle endurance and performance in humans, not just in mice, in humans. It does this by stimulating mitophagy. That's those mitochondria. That's autophagy, especially for mitochondria, a critical process in healthy aging used by the body to make sure that we get rid of defective mitochondria that can get in the way of optimal health and performance. Now, how do you take it? Well, we've got three great options for you. Either a great tasting protein shake, you can take these capsules or they make this delicious powder in two different flavors to add to yogurt, drinks, or shakes. I rotate through all three, depending on which day, where I'm at, and what I'm doing. When I travel, those capsules are a godsend. Now, Timeline is offering listeners of this podcast 10% off your first order. All you have to do is go to timelinenutrition.com forward slash nat10 and use code nat10 when you check out. That's T-I-M-E-L-I-N-E-N-U-T-R-I-T-I-O-N dot com slash nat10. And if you're up for it, I definitely recommend their three-month starter pack because that way you get to try all three forms. Okay. Now, let me ask you a question. And I think I probably know the answer. How many of you have struggled with weight loss and thought to yourself, I am doing everything right. I have a healthy diet, I'm exercising, but the weight just won't come off. Look, I know from the emails, the texts, and from my communities that this is not an uncommon scenario. And you know you're not alone. And today, we're discussing how your hormones could be impacting not only your weight loss, but so many other aspects of your life. I'm joined by Karen Martell a certified hormone specialist and transformational nutrition coach and a women's weight loss expert. And we're deep diving into the world of hormones, specifically how hormone imbalances can play a major role in weight loss, insomnia, depression, and even some diseases. Karen also shares her own story of how she entered into the hormone space and how she's an advocate for women taking charge of their hormones as they move through different stages of life. And let me tell you something, you guys, this woman is 
a force. I've spoken to a couple of her clients actually, and she's one of these people that locks arms with you and walks your journey with you. She's amazing. Karen is also the host of the top 100 rated women's health podcast, The Other Side of Weight Loss, where she helps women to unlock the mysteries of female fat loss and hormone imbalances. After struggling with her own health issues, Karen was determined to bring her knowledge to others with a bold new approach to women's hormone health and weight management. Karen's passion lies in helping women balance and optimize their hormones in peri and postmenopause and break through weight loss resistance. In this episode, you will learn about the chemicals in our environment that mimic hormones. You're going to learn about how they're so much stronger than your actual hormones and how important it is to try and clean up your immediate environment from all those toxic chemicals to prevent your body from running on fake chemical hormones. You're also going to learn about how the loss of hormones drives almost every disease that is dangerous to women, especially breast cancer. And finally, you're also going to learn about how in the second half of your cycle, when you start to produce progesterone, some women get severe PMS, which is also known as premenstrual dysphoric disorder or PMDD. The symptoms can include increased anxiety and severe depression. And there is so much more packed into this episode, you guys, you are not going to want to miss a minute. Now to reach Karen Martell, all you have to do is go to her website, karenmartell.com. And that's where you will learn about her, about the programs that she offers, her coaches, all the things. And of course, there's that incredible podcast, The Other Side of Weight Loss. Now, if you're trying to get in touch with me, you know that my website is the best place to start. That's natnidham.com. That's where you will learn about my new membership community, the BSP community on Mighty Networks. We have so much fun in there. I do live Q&As every single week. And if you join as an annual member, you get access to my peptide crash course included with your membership. Secondly, you're going to also learn about my upcoming Women's Longevity and Resilience Retreat from November 1st to 6th in beautiful Cabarete in the Dominican Republic. You also can join my newsletter and that's where you're also going to find out how to sign up when that peptide crash course is going to be available to people outside of the group. And last but not least, the website is also where I've got my Nat Recommend section, which is brand new. And you get to check it all out. We've organized it by category for you. It's a great resource. So thank you so much for being here. I totally appreciate you guys. If you're loving this podcast, please make sure you leave us a review. And that's what helps us to be seen by other people. It's also ultimately what helps me to get more amazing guests for you guys. And I totally appreciate you. So thank you for being here. Now, one last little thing, one more little detail before we jump into this episode. I want to talk to you about a critical component that we forget about so often when we're optimizing our energy and performance, and that's electrolytes. Most of you know that anytime you sweat heavily from a sauna session, a heavy workout, or when you spend time outside on a hot day, you deplete valuable electrolytes that are critical to proper nerve conduction, hormone regulation, nutrient absorption, and of course, fluid balance. But did you also know that you might need to top up your electrolytes if you're just following a keto or low-carb diet? Or sometimes we can be deficient in electrolytes just from regular day-to-day activities. And this could show up as headaches, feeling sluggish in the afternoon, or muscular cramps. Now, I use my electrolytes pretty much every day, whether I'm using my sauna, going to the gym, or just to sip on during the day to keep my energy up. And my choice is Element for a few important reasons. I'm going to go with three. Number one, Element provides the exact ratio, 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 
200 milligrams of potassium and 60 milligrams of magnesium that your body needs. Your body needs those elements in those ratios at the same time with your water. They also taste amazing. My favorites, watermelon, citrus, and the raspberry flavor. But there's a ton of flavors, you guys. Finally, they are free of everything you don't want. No artificial colors, no sugar, no artificial flavors, nothing. They're amazing. Now, Element is offering the listeners of this podcast a free sample pack with any purchase. This sample pack includes eight different flavors for you to try so you can find your own favorites. All you have to do to get that is to go to drinkelement.com forward slash snack. Now, Element is spelled L-M-N-T. So that's drinklmnt.com forward slash snack. And another bonus, if by some chance you don't happen to love your elements as much as I do, they offer a full money-back guarantee, no questions asked. Now, without further ado, let's dive into the episode and talk to Karen Martell about weight loss and hormones. Hey folks, just a quick reminder that all of the information presented in this podcast is for information purposes only. No medical advice, no diagnosing, no treatments suggested here. Before you try anything that you hear about or learn about here, make sure that you check with your medical provider. Welcome to the show, Karen Martell. It is such a pleasure to have you here and to finally have hit the record button. Yeah, if we didn't actually have to record, we'd just sit here and chat for the next couple hours. <laughs> I know, <laughs> and then we'd, we'd have to walk away and say we got nothing done today exactly because we were just chatting. And so <laughs> why not share some wisdom with the audience um, yeah. and chat, kill two birds with one stone? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Although people would probably like to hear our conversation. We could just record our conversation, our coffee talk, and people would probably get a lot from it. So (laughs) next time. Well, that we could do a podcast like that, you know, the coffee clutch. And, you know, what do do these people actually talk about? What did we cover? Enemas, colonics, dry vagina. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Crispy vagina. That's what it was. Anyway, sorry. If If you're in the car, if you're in the car driving your kids to school, maybe you want to cover their ears right now. Depending on how open you are with your children and their age, you know, some yeah. some people don't believe that. But this is not the topic for today's podcast. The topic for today's podcast is going to be hormones, longevity, and vitality. We're going to touch on men a little bit, but we're probably going to spend a little bit more time on women because as Karen so aptly says, we are so much more complicated than the boys. So not that the boys don't have their own challenges, but... Definitely women tend to be much more complex. We're more complex in our cycling years and we don't really change that much as we go through menopause, honestly. No, no. People will say to me, like my clients will say, will you work with my husband? And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. They're so easy. Like one session, they're done. It's finished. It's like, they're all good to go. See ya. Yeah. Sometimes you need a second follow up. Women, not so much. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit. How did you get into this hormone space? Like where, what's your, what's your trajectory to get you to where you are today, Karen? Because you're, you know, you're a huge outspoken advocate for women taking charge of their hormones as they move through different stages of life. So Mm-hmm. Did you grow up wanting to do this or how did you how no, did you find I, your way here? I so I always say I grew up with every hormone problem a person could have. And oh, so well, there you I go. think it was like God or whomever is there up there, whoever you believe in. It was like, this is the path you're taking and you have no choice. <laughs> so it started actually very young. I started having hormone problems, but we won't go there because then we'd be here all day telling about my story. But even as a teenager, I had a lot of issues. And then when I had my my first child at 31, 
after I had her, lost all the baby weight, was feeling good, stopped breastfeeding. And within the next probably six months, I had all of these health problems like come tumbling down on me. I suddenly had severe PMS where I would, for two weeks out of the month, I was super depressed and emotional. Um, I would have severe insomnia every single night where I would not sleep till three, four o'clock in the morning. I was mm. a single mom getting up with a toddler. Yeah. It was absolute hell. Couldn't figure out what had happened. It was like a light switch went off for on one of the two, but where it was just like my body just shut down. Could had looked like I was pregnant by the end of the day. My stomach was so bloated. I had hormonal migraines that would last for 10 days at a time wow. um, around my period that were just debilitating. And I was rapidly putting weight on. Mm-hmm. And of course, that was what was kind of what drove me to try and figure out what was happening was the weight because I was always a good eater. I was always pretty healthy person um, in part of the health space. I did body work for a long time and I was eating what I thought was healthy. And I was doing at that time, this is like, Oh, a whole grains and low fat and yeah, you know, but I wasn't eating fast food. I wasn't eating sugar. I was, you know, very clean at the time I started trying every, every diet under the sun. Then, you know, I went from veganism. I did start doing juicing. I was detoxing. I was doing the wild rose cleanse, which was like the popular thing that just made you crap your pants for 10 days. Yeah. And I have friends who did that every right? year. It's Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Every year, like a religion, they're like, "Oh, we're yes. doing our wild rose cleanse. Oh, we can't days. leave the house." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I went through Adkins. I did the Zone, and still kept gaining weight. Decided, okay, I'm going to get a personal trainer. I joined like a CrossFit boot camp thing. I was working out, you know, five six days a week, like crazy. Probably mm. in the best shape of my life, to be honest. I, I was working out so hard, just doing what what we were told to do on sure. how to lose weight, right? Like this is- Eat less, this is move what you more. Do. Yeah. Exactly. And I just kept getting fatter. And yeah. I'm looking around at all these women doing the same workout as me and they're shredded. And I'm like, why am I just getting fatter? And went to the doctor, was put on sleeping pills and, and an antidepressant. I told them to go on my way sort of thing. That didn't help. Uh, so then I said to myself, something's going on because- like it's very hormonal, obviously. I had had a history of endometriosis and ovarian cysts. And so I was like, you know, I've always had hormone issues. So I think this is hormonal, but I'm like 32 at the time, 33. But you so know, but that's, mind. that's so interesting, right? Because what that says, and I think it's a point I we want to come back to here is that hormonal issues don't happen overnight. We think they do because they declare that like for you, it declared in a way that was outside your ability to tolerate anymore, but you'd been suffering with hormone imbalances your whole life. Whole life. Yeah. hundred percent. Right? And so they, the this womb. had been building. So anyway, sorry, I interrupted you, but no, I but just find that so interesting. Right. Interesting. And the, over the years I've, I, I think, and I can't prove this. I think it started with my mom and her, she was full of mercury. She had mercury fillings and we get about half of what our parents, our mother has. Yeah. Um, it's passed on. And then I was vaccinated and who knows what, but pregnancy, your bones soften. And mm. I now know that I have off the charts levels of lead when I've tested, I've tested twice now. And as high as the chart goes is how high my lead, lead 
toxicity is. There's no safe levels of lead in the body. No. And I'm off the charts. And when you're pregnant, your bones soften. Yes. Everything does. Yeah. Just to- And lead is stored in the bone. So my theory is there was something about pregnancy that triggered a lot of it. You know, we know too that pregnancy obviously takes a lot of nutrients out of our body. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of thyroid problems are triggered, which I later found out I was hypothyroid. So I think it was just kind of the perfect storm. Mm-hmm. The stress of the pregnancy, I was also a single mother and it was a kind of a really crappy situation. And so it wasn't wasn't good. Anyways, I ended up going to a naturopath and just saying, can you test my hormones? I think this is hormonal. And, you know, no doctor is going to tell a 32-year-old woman that she's hormonal. And the, the results come back that, sure enough, I've got no cortisol, which is your stress hormone. I've got no DHEA, which is another stress hormone. And I would never have thought myself as a stressed out person, which I look back and I think that that's hilarious. But I just didn't <laughs> equate myself to the person that's like, I'm so stressed out. Like I was just always a calm person. So I didn't relate to that. But there I was starving myself, working out like a demon, like doing everything wrong according and not to sleeping. that hormonal profile and not sleeping. I yeah. had high levels of estrogen. I had zero progesterone. And later found out that I also had a very poor thyroid, which no doctors picked up on for years. And so no wonder. And there I was doing everything wrong. So I I shut everything down. I stopped working out. I ended up finding a paleo diet, which at the time no one had heard of. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a try. And it ended up doing a lot for me. And I'm still paleo to this day because it was just my way of eating. It's just perfect for my body and what was happening. Didn't lose any weight from it, but I felt so much better. Uh, Started doing yoga, started asking for help, started to look at my life completely different. Like, okay, clearly I was very stressed out and I didn't even realize it. I'm just doing what every other North American woman's doing, right? Running her family and raising a kid by myself and running my own business. And I had to just look at things from a different perspective. And it took a while. Like it wasn't an overnight lose the weight in 30 days because you figured this out. It it was probably two years of healing my system, figuring out what was wrong, healing the hormones, the hormone imbalances, fixing the stress levels. And then finally the weight started to come off. And then of course, Karen goes into early perimenopause at like 42. I started to lose my hormones and started getting missing periods and hot flashes and going, what? <laughs> so I, I came out of this, this out. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I, it took me a while to still get into what I'm doing now, but I came out of the experience in my thirties going, I can't be the only woman mm-hmm. that is doing everything right. That yeah. is working out. She's eating well. She's not, you know, hiding, going down in a cake in the closet sort of thing. Like I didn't have any of those problems. I wasn't severely overweight. I was maybe 20 pounds overweight at the time. Yeah. And I just thought I can't be the only person that this is happening to. And so I eventually got into nutrition and then started getting into the hormones, started going into perimenopause early. Then I went down that deep dive and I ended up becoming a certified hormone specialist. Okay. And now I am on a mission to bring awareness to women in perimenopause and menopause about what their choices are, because we are not being told the right information out there. And our doctors are certainly not being told the right information, nor are they being trained Mm -hmm. in 
perimenopause and menopause. I mean, most people, most women don't even know they're in perimenopause. And they think of menopause as like, oh, well, that'll happen when I'm in my 50s. And I'm like, mm, perimenopause is starting earlier and earlier. We're seeing yeah. it now in about mid-30s, things start to start to happen where we start losing the hormones. And women are like, what? I'm in perimenopause at 37? I'm like, yes, likely you are. And it'll go on for another 10, 12 years. And why? We why do you think it's happening earlier? Do you think it's happening earlier for the same reasons that, I mean, you have little girls like at eight years old getting their period, getting, which I know, honestly, I mean, I've heard even younger, which is heartbreaking, right? It, that, it's heartbreaking. It, it's, I mean, it's, 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 you shouldn't have to worry about that stuff when you're eight years old. Like you just shouldn't. No. Right. No. And they're getting buds. Like they're getting breasts at a very early age now. And yeah. it's, this isn't right. And it is a lot of it is the toxic load. I mean, it's coming at us from all directions. We have a lot of things, a lot of chemicals in our environment that mimic hormones and they're yeah. a lot stronger than hormones. And what people don't realize is things like the xenoestrogens. I'm sure all your listeners are very familiar with that word. These are products that are in our environment that act like estrogen. When we produce our hormones inside the body, they have to dock onto a receptor on the cell and then it gets brought into the cell. It sends its message through the cell to do its job. Xenoestrogens, the fake chemical estrogens, your receptor will basically choose that over your own production of estrogen. So if you're in an environment with the, which we all are, it's very hard to avoid, but if you haven't cleaned up your immediate environment from all yeah. the toxic chemicals that you're, that you have in your household, you know, not purifying your air, things like that, then your body is going to be running on these chemical that act far stronger mm -hmm. than your own actual estrogen. So every woman right now thinks she's estrogen dominant. Most of them are xenoestrogen dominant, not yeah. actually estrogen. I very rarely see women that are truly have too much estrogen, real estrogen in their body. That's crazy. That's crazy. And you know, it is to your point. I mean, we can't do a lot about things that we're exposed to outside, but you can, you can take care of a lot of the load by watching what cleaning products you use at home, your laundry detergent, your soaps, your, all your personal care stuff, like all of these things. And, you know, it's always about managing that bucket, right? And making sure it doesn't overflow. And so if we at least can get at the things that we can control, we can hopefully help the body to deal, manage with, with the stuff we can't control. And you know, there's a really great resource for people just as an aside, which I'm sure you you point your clients to as well, is the environmentalworkinggroup.org, ewg.org. They will ask you for money, but you know, frankly, they're a good organization to support, but they produce lists and lists and lists of all the products that, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and it's important and, and, it and it's easy. It's low-hanging fruit. Exactly. Low hanging fruit. I always tell you, like, you know, just to switch around your, your cleaning products, it doesn't have, you don't have to get really expensive stuff. Heck, vinegar and water works yeah. great. Yeah. But yeah, it's toxic load. For women, it's a lot too with, about our stress load. We've never taken on this much before, right? Like, I'm yeah. a total feminist, I'm all for women's rights, but 
through history, and especially in my lifetime, we've seen women come so far, even just in the workforce, but yet women still tend to be their primary caregivers of the children, and they're still running around. And so we're having these women and men, of course, too, but the full-time parenting, that's a whole nother job. So, so when the woman used to do that as a job full-time, then it was equal. It was like the man would go do his job and the woman would stay at home. And I do think that that was the harder job usually, but yep. <laughs> now we're raising our kids, managing a household, running them around to every sport event and school event that there is and still working in an eight hour shift five days a week. And we think this is normal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, women are have we're, the amount of drinking has gone way up because of the stress load uh, and just, you know, many other factors in there with the drinking, but that's not going to be good for your hormones, <laughs> nor stress, the toxic load, the drinking, like there's so much coming at us that is working against the hormones. Yeah. And so yeah. we're just seeing it younger, younger and younger. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about how those toxins are affecting hormones. Is it primarily through the liver? So the liver's being asked to detoxify hormones, toxins, things that look like hormones that aren't hormones. And next thing you know, the liver just can't keep up. Is that exactly our hormones have to be processed through our liver? We metabolize it through phase one, phase two, we poop it out. That's what's supposed to happen. Our livers have a lot of burden on them right now between the toxic load, the fact that we've got all these xenoestrogens coming in and we're most people are drinking on top of it. The foods that we're eating are full of chemicals, the, the heavy metals, every single one of us has heavy metals. It's just how's your body dealing with them, yes. right? So heavy metals will also dock onto those receptors and act like estrogen. So your body has a lot to deal with right now. And so liver is definitely a primary source of a lot of the problems that we see right now with hormones. You know, I mean, there's so much to talk about here, right? But before we get into the the joys and the benefits and, and the pluses and minuses of bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, let's talk a little bit about people's stigma around this stuff. So you have, you know, I find like the world is divided into two groups. There's women who are like, hell yeah, bring it. <laughs> bring me the hormones I'm in. And then we have a fairly significant population of women who yes. remain terrified of yeah. hormones. And a lot of it will go back to their belief system. It goes back to the Women's Health Initiative, which is a study, a very large study that was done decades ago now and was, and frankly, was debunked by the guy who yeah. ran it himself. He tried to, it's kind of like the guy came out and said, no, I take it back. I was wrong. We, you know, we took all these really unhealthy nurses who were working night shift and smoking and drinking. And then we and declared were 65. That they, who were 65. And then we said, oh, you know what? This hormone replacement is going to give you cancer, but you know, actually it's all the other things they were doing that was making them so sick. Anyway, so he's come out and said yeah. it, but somehow this thing has stuck. What's interesting is most women don't know, especially if they're in their early forties, they don't know why they're afraid of hormones. Right. Yeah. But it does all stem from the women's health initiative and you'll still get doctors. Majority of doctors will say hormones will kill you. Mm-hmm. you know, oh, I'm not going to prescribe you hormones. That's terrible. That's what they'll say. So prior to the women's health initiative, 
estrogen replacement therapy, which originally came from pregnant horses urine. It's called Premarin. Yeah. yeah. It was the number one most prescribed medication in America forever. It was it, for decades. It was the number one prescribed medication, which tells us every woman was probably on estrogen when she hit menopause because that was the norm. It was taken orally. They finally realized, oh, this is not good because it's causing growth in the uterus. Mm -hmm. And so women were developing uterine cancer. So then they added in a progestin, which is a fake progesterone. Okay, very fake progesterone. Very fake. Not just very fake. fake. Super fake. (laughs) Very. This progestin is the same chemical that is in birth control pills, in your Mirena coil, in your oral birth control, same chemical. In the Women's Health Initiative, there was two sides to this study. The su- there was one arm of the study where women had no uterus because they had a hysterectomy. And then the other arm of the study had the uterus. That arm of the study took progestin and Premarin. The arm of the study with no uterus just took Premarin. At the end of the, that study, you know, they go put out to the world that there was this increase in breast cancer, which is actually pretty minimal, but increase in breast cancer, increase in uterine cancer and heart attack and stroke. When they reanalyzed this study, they saw that the women that were on Premarin only had a decrease in developing breast cancer by 30%. And so you tell some woman today, get on estrogen replacement. What does she do? She like pretty much covers her breasts. Like, no, it's going to give me breast cancer. It was the progestin that caused the increase in breast cancer. And it was the fact that it was oral estrogen that increased the heart attack and stroke because Mm -hmm. it has to go through the first hepatic pass of the liver, which creates inflammation. But the research that came out of that still showed not only did it reduce breast cancer rates, the Premarin, it also reduced all cancers, which is, which is mind blowing because we don't hear, we didn't hear about that. We only heard, oh my gosh, get every woman off of hormone replacement is going to give her breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And even the progestin, it was a minimal when you actually looked at how many actually had an increase of you got developed breast cancer, it was something like 3%, 4%. Like it wasn't a ton. No. I mean, you still but don't want to be part of that 3%, 4%. You don't. But yeah. Yeah. But yet we don't hesitate to put our 13 year old daughter on mm-hmm. the pill. Yeah. And we don't tell her, oh, now you're going to have an increased risk of breast cancer, even though there is research that shows birth control pills can increase your risk of breast cancer and heart attack and stroke. Yeah. And so it's the same chemical. And we, and yet doctors, no problem. Here you go. Here's the birth control. It's safe. Stay on mm-hmm. it for 20, 30 years of your life. No problem. Yeah. It's low dose. And then when it comes to hormones, which now we have the opportunity to now get topical bioidentical, which means it's exactly the same as your hormones replacement therapy. We don't need to take Premarin. Some doctors are still prescribing it, but you don't have to. You don't Mm -hmm. have to take the oral stuff. You don't have to take progestin. You can take bioidentical hormone therapy. And there is a lot of research now done on this that isn't being talked about. So let's talk about it. 
Because I think, you know, I like, let's talk about it. And let's, before we, I mean, I think as we talk about the research, it'll feed into why is this important? And we were talking about this before the podcast, right? Um, We were talking about, you know, without getting too deep into what we, the details of what we talked about, fundamentally, our expectation now is that we are going to live a lot longer and that we're going to be able to enjoy our life for all, as many of those years as possible. Right. So I think if you talk to most people today, one of the biggest fears, I mean, the fear of speaking in public, we know is the number one fear in the U.S., but really what people are super afraid of is ending up in a wheelchair kind of, you know, zoned out, not being able to remember your name, not being able to take care of yourself, not being able, not having any quality of life and yet still being alive. So the baby boomer generation, I think, is the generation that's like, yeah, no, no, no. You know what? We're used to having it all and we would like to continue to do that. Please and thank you. So we want to keep looking great. We want to be able to move. We want to keep our heads together and we want to be able to travel. We don't, you know, we want to keep doing all those amazing things that we've worked so hard for. And I think Every generation after us has those same expectations and then even more. So let's talk a bit about why this hormone replacement that so many people are like, but it's not natural. Mm -hmm. It gets so hung up on that. It's not natural. Why should they maybe rethink that position or maybe Mm -hmm. think there's a little more nuance to it than they know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I get all the time, you know, women that are super healthy, they're biohackers, they're, or they just like eat super well and they exercise, they're doing everything right. And they're going, I just had my massage therapist tell me this. She's like, I'm just going to go through it naturally. I think I'll be just fine because I'm really healthy. And I'm like, who do you think I am? Like I was the epitome of health. Like uh, I ate really well. I exercised. I actually probably thought in the back of my head some something similar, which was I won't have it as bad mm-hmm. as other women will because I am healthy and I take care of my body. And it hit me like a freaking train. Like it was hard. It was horrible. I was night sweating. I couldn't sleep. My libido went out the window. I gained instantly. I gained weight and I'm going, but I do everything right. Just like all these other women say, but I do everything right. I want to go through it natural. This is, this is supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. Menopause is supposed to happen. So why aren't we just allowing nature to take its course? We never lived this long (laughs) before. (laughs) We used to die by the time we hit menopause. And now we're living longer and longer. And I say it's like telling the person that develops heart disease that needs surgery or a medication. And it's just purely because they're getting old. It's nature. And are you going to say to the doctor, you know what? I don't need the life-saving surgery. This is natural. This is part of aging. I'm not going to take the help. And so you can look at it like that. And hormones, the loss of hormones drives almost every disease that kills us, especially the number one killers of women, including breast cancer. So we think about this, everybody. If estrogen replacement or estrogen in general gave us breast cancer, every 15 to 25 year old female would be riddled with it. Yeah. That's my point. When do we see breast cancer? We see it mostly in menopausal women. Mm -hmm. So we know that breast cancer helps reduce the rate of breast, breast cancer. If you have breast cancer cells, 
Estrogen is a growth hormone. Mm-hmm. And it's an anti-inflammatory hormone. So it will go there to do its job, but because it's a growth hormone, it can make those breast cells multiply. So that's where there's it can come into it, but it's typically not going to, it's you're not going to start taking estrogen, it's going to cause the breast cancer. It can make it multiply. And there's lots more nuances to it, but we won't go down that road. The research shows that if women use natural progesterone with their estrogen, it is extremely breast protective and you will have a reduction in developing breast cancer when you add in the progesterone. So when a doctor tells a woman that, let's say they're willing to give them hormones, if that woman has no uterus, you you will hear across the board a doctor say, you don't need progesterone because you have no uterus. So here's your estrogen. And that I hear all the time. Oh, well, I told I was told I don't need progesterone because I don't have a uterus. There is so much more to these hormones, you guys, than hot flashes, weight gain, and low libido. That's the number one, those three top reasons why people come through my door is mm-hmm. those. But what's going on on the inside and to all of your organs, your brain, your heart, your gut health, your immune system, all of these things are hormone dependent in many ways. So without, with the loss of hormones comes aging in every way. There was a study that was just done out of Arizona, 4,000 4, women, this was in 2021, that showed that women that replaced their estrogen for six years or longer post-menopause had a 75 to 80% reduction in developing Alzheimer's and dementia. Wow. Yeah. That's the, huge. The- That's because we have estrogen receptors all over our brain. Yeah. Yeah, no, the 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 cognitive benefits of replacing hormones proper and I'm gonna say properly because there's the right way and wrong way to do it. It's this is this is and I and I definitely want to talk about the not one size fits all because I've heard you on other yeah. podcasts talking about that. There's not and this is the the nastiness, this is the difficulty, if you will, in hormone replacement, is that there's there's it's hard to find that medical or that practitioner who's going to look at you and say, this is what you need, which may not be what your friend needs or your sister needs or somebody else needs. But let's talk a little bit about estrogen in the brain. Cause I think like, I'd like to talk about these hormones in the brain and the heart, because we know that as we get, you know, before menopause, we're protected from heart disease and stroke more or less. And after menopause, we do become small men in the sense that all of a sudden our chances of developing heart disease, uh, cardiovascular disease, have a heart attack or a stroke shoots through the ceiling. Exactly. And we know that women that the research shows the women that replace their estrogen and progesterone and testosterone too has lots to do with heart disease. They all have a, there is a great reduction in developing heart disease. Osteoporosis, you will get osteoporosis 100% if you do not replace your estrogen. You mm-hmm. will get it one day. That's huge because we know that if you fall and break your hip, the, the chances of you dying within the next year go up substantially. Yeah. We know that if you, do, if you replace your hormones, that your reduction of all-cause mortality, that means any way that you can die, goes down by 30% when you replace your hormones post-menopause for at least 10 years. And so it is, when you look at the research, it actually shows us we are safer 
to replace the hormones than not replace the hormones. And you do, it's every single person's different. We've got a lot of these, you know, pellet clinics are huge right now, especially in the United States where they're doing testosterone pellets and really highly androgenizing women with these pellets. They know nothing about hormones. They're just like every single person gets the exact same thing. Here's your pellets shoved into your butt. And I've seen countless women react horribly to them and they can't get them out for three months. You I was going to no say once it's in, get them out. Yeah. yeah. Like once it's in, that's it. It's you're stuck with it for three months. And are they only doing testosterone pellets or they, they're doing estrogen? And- once in a blue moon, I'll hear of somebody also doing estrogen, but majority only do the testosterone. And then maybe down the road, they actually have told my clients this one, one person said, they will not give me estrogen until I've had testosterone for three months. And I'm like, you have no estrogen. Like this is estrogen is the most important hormone for women. Testosterone's mm-hmm. the most important hormone for men. Now there's variations to this. Your DNA tells you a lot. There's some women that are born into this world, like myself, who are very dependent on estrogen. We're very estrogenic women. We got hips, we got the boobs, we're prone to weight gain. You know, we can get tender breasts, have your periods. We just have always been that way. I develop a lot of ovarian cysts. I had endometriosis, very estrogenic person. Then you look at my sister, Amy, who is a bean pole, eats sugar like there's no tomorrow and has never gained a pound. She's shredded. She's got a great sex drive. She's got, can put muscle on like no problem. She is very androgenic. So her DNA shows she is very androgenic. My DNA, you'll look at it. I don't even have the SNPs that help me convert testosterone into dihydrotestosterone. And so I am not androgenic. I can take testosterone all day long and I don't get androgenic symptoms from it. Well, because, because you probably, because you've probably looked at this, you probably convert your testosterone to estrogen very efficiently. There's very a, efficiently, there's, exactly. There's a, you know, you look at a, uh, like, I think it's fascinating to look at those reports, but you know, for the yep. woman who's converting testosterone to DHT, they are often the women that are having that hair loss. Hair loss, um, acne. Yep. Yeah. Uh, postmenopause and- you know, and then there's the other pathways of what we're doing with our estrogen, which I think is also really yes. interesting because that can be, that can represent an increased risk in certain types of cancer. So yeah. let's talk about that a little bit because yep. our, you know, estrogen is not one thing. It's many different things. Some are protective, some less so, and, but there's ways to mitigate the risk if you know. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And so most of these clinics too, that's the other thing that they don't do is they are not testing your hormone metabolites and hormone metabolites tell us how are you breaking down these hormones? How's your liver health? Tells us a lot about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Tells us a little bit about even what genetics you might be more prone to having than others. There's three, the three main phases that estrogen goes through first there's 2-hydroxylation, 4-hydroxylation, and 16-hydroxylation. Well, the 4-hydroxylation, if your body prefers to push its estrogens down that 4-hydroxylation pathway, then yes, it shows that you will have an increased risk of breast cancer because those metabolites can cause DNA damage. Yeah, And so I test all of my ladies that I work with, they all do the Dutch test so that I can see, you know, whether they can, they'll do it 
at the end of a three month when they start the, their HRT for the first time, or if they're already, if they're still cycling or they're on HRT, then we'll do it right away so that I can see, okay, which pathway are you pushing down? And then we go into phase two, which, which is methylation, which can, if you're not a good methylator, that's going to back up your hydroxylation pathways. And so we have to kind of go through the chain of events of getting, how do you get rid of your estrogens and your androgens? Which pathways do you prefer? And then, like Nat said, we can support these pathways with different supplements that will help your body to push down different safer pathways if need be. And that's where I'd see a lot of, you know, when we talk about this estrogen dominance, mm-hmm. that's where I can, I'll see them dominate down through different pathways that aren't very safe. And we know that, you know, if they've got high levels of one of the estrogens, estrone, and then let's say they're also going down that 4-hydroxylation pathway and their methylation's not great. No, I'm not going to go throw that woman on a bunch of estrogen because she's not pushing down these right pathways. She's converting down into the 4-hydroxylation. We need to support it. We need to support the methylation and get that up and running before we slap on hormones. Mm -hmm. Some women, you can literally slap on the hormones. They're like, boom, I lost 10 pounds. I feel absolutely amazing. Sex drive is back. I had one lady, she messaged me and said, my vagina literally just came back to life. (laughs) She's like, it's been one week (laughs) and I can feel the juices flowing. And I was like, I actually have her. I said, could I post this on my website? She's like yes oh she's a lawyer she was just like you know she was her her sex drive had gone out the window she was feeling horrible she couldn't have sex her vagina was atrophied and this is you know let me on a little side note here we get a lot of female and male doctors saying like who needs these hormones right like i'm gonna do it naturally so should you and and i remember hearing a very well-known doctor in in our space i won't name names but mm-hmm. i remember him saying several times on podcasts that bioidentical hormones are in vogue right now they're just popular we don't need to be going down that road and they're just you know they're just the in thing to do right now and i felt like saying okay so Mr. So-and-so, if your penis dried up and then when you had sex, it felt like somebody was rubbing glass against your penis and you were told this was because you lost your testosterone. Would you think that it was so in vogue and just the popular thing to do? Or would you run out there and hop on that testosterone? Guaranteed, you'd hop on that testosterone. So it really makes me mad because these people haven't experienced it. I just heard about a woman who committed suicide because her doctor took her off her hormones. Oh my gosh. Estrogen is responsible for the production, partly for the production of serotonin, Mm -hmm. for dopamine. Mm -hmm. So women will get severely depressed when they lose their estrogen. Some women, not all women, but some women will get very, very depressed. Some women, when they lose their progesterone, will get high amounts of anxiety because progesterone is responsible for calming your brain down. It reacts on the GABA receptors of your brain. And I'm sure most of your listeners have heard about GABA, the supplement, right? It helps you to sleep, helps you calm down. It's used for anti-anxiety. That's what progesterone can do for us. It helps rebuild the myelin sheaths in your brain. The estrogen, we have receptors all over for it. It's responsible even for glucose transportation in the body. So women will get 
type two diabetes. Yeah. They'll get inflamed, their cholesterol goes up and they're like, but I eat so well. Yeah. And I'm like, it's because you have no estrogen or progesterone. Mm-hmm. These have so much to do with how all how we process this the, the sugar in our body, what's going on in our brain, our skin. Estrogen is the lubrication. So not just for the vagina, mm-hmm. joint health, your eyes. Women will get dry eyes when they lose their estrogen, dry skin. That's when we start to see all the wrinkles and the fine lines yeah. and the neck sag and the skin, the boobs start sagging. This is because of the loss of estrogen. So you can see that it's not just about hot flashes and weight gain, which are both very bad things too. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But there's so much more going on on the inside that we're not being told about. We have to stop thinking that hormones are just to do with fertility and sex drive. Yeah. It has to do with the health of the entire body. Hey friends, I just want to take a quick minute to share with you my top longevity supplement, and that is spermidine by primidine. Why? Studies have shown that spermidine positively impacts nine of the 12 hallmarks of aging, delivers jaw-dropping benefits for hair, skin, and nails, as well as supporting circadian rhythm and even cognition. The trouble is always, of course, finding a quality product. Thankfully, Oxford HealthSpan has done the work to ensure that primidine is safe and efficacious. They add zero flow agents or excipients, source only the very best ingredients, remove delicate omega-6 fatty acids that we know can easily go rancid, and add in a prebiotic to support our gut biome's own production of spermidine. Plus, they now offer Primidine GF, the only food-derived gluten-free, soy-free spermidine on the market. Sound too good to be true? Don't take my word for it. Head over to OxfordHealthSpan.com and read the borderline miraculous reviews from other users. And if you want to try it for yourself, make sure to use code BIONAT15 for a discount. Well, that insulin resistance that kicks in, I mean, you know, women go through it every day. That menopausal 10, it's minimum usually of 10 pounds that creeps up. And then it's just, and it's there and it ain't budging. It's no, not moving. It's so hard. And if, yeah. and if you're lucky, it'll stay at 10. If you're not lucky, every year you'll add on one or two little pounds onto that. And then the next thing you know, you turn around and you're like 20 pounds heavier than you were before. And the, you know, the big insult, the the vexation that so many women experience is, but I didn't change anything. I'm still exactly. eating the way I used to. I'm still exercising the way I used to. And, you know, that exercise that used to really ramp up your system all of a sudden becomes a chronic stressor to a system that's already on its knees. And that diet, which was fine before, now you the bad news, we don't get a memo that says, newsflash, you're becoming insulin resistant. So exactly. you need to change the way that you eat. And we need to work on reestablishing sensitivity of those receptors And it's so unfair because you get all these people like so perplexed and beating their heads against the wall, which on top of which they stop sleeping, which also makes them more insulin resistant. So, right. Like that, that does a number on that whole system. And so let's talk a little bit about progesterone and sleep, because Mm -hmm. I actually have a friend right now who has become an insomniac all of a sudden. Right. And very common her doctor is giving her sleeping pills, just like you. And I'm, and I'm sitting there going, yeah, but that's not going to fix your problem. Also, if you talk to Molly Eastman, who we mentioned earlier for three minutes, you'll learn that that's going to make a mess of your sleep architecture. So you think you're sleeping only you're not. So can we talk about that a little bit? Because that insomnia that hits is, 
And I and I actually think the lack of progesterone hits at different ages as well. And I think you experienced yes. that yourself, that insomnia yep. that came on in that hormone storm you went through. Yeah, exactly. And we started to see women losing their progesterone, like I said, around the age 35, and then really hits at about 40. And we'll see a drop in progesterone by about 75%. And estrogen, about 25% in your early 40s, and then it typically takes a dive. Now, this can happen at different times for different people. Like myself, it happened a lot earlier that I lost my estrogen. The progesterone, because it's the first to head on out, and this is because we only come into this world with so many eggs. You can't produce, your majority of your progesterone is produced when you ovulate. Mm -hmm. As we age, we don't ovulate as much. So you'll start to, oh, I've put on a few pounds. Oh, I'm bleeding heavier. This is when we see a lot of hysterectomies and ablations happening because women are like, I haven't stopped bleeding for two months and I'm 42. And it's like, this is, or I'm developing fibroids or ovarian cysts or fibrocystic breasts. This is typically because of the loss of the progesterone. And this is when we start to see the insomnia happen. And this can happen for men as well. So the guy's trajectory is that they'll start losing their testosterone in their 30s, just like we start losing a lot of our hormones in our 30s as well. Different times for different men, of course. They're primarily going to start to lose testosterone. Mm -hmm. However... Even though we're living in a very estrogen dominant world, estrogen is still very important. And men, you have to be very, all you guys got to be really careful. Estrogen is not the devil. You don't want to drain it. And this is the same goes for ladies too. Don't start taking dim every day because you're like, I got to get rid of all this estrogen in my body. It's the worst thing. Estrogen is very, very important for your sex drive, both men and women. Yeah. Very important as an antidepressant for both men and women. And there's some men that as they age need progesterone. I do see this where yeah. progesterone can help men to sleep and can help with anxiety. So if they've got low levels of progesterone because they still produce it too. There's not as much topping up a little bit of progesterone, taking some oral progesterone at bedtime can really help them to sleep. And it's oral progesterone that works the best for sleep. Oral progesterone, when you take it, it converts eight, about 75, 80% of it's going to convert to its metabolites. Now, these metabolites are what re- reacts on the GABA receptors of the brain and helps to calm down the nervous system and helps you to sleep. And there is a percentage of women, more than we think, that are too sensitive to those metabolites. And so you'll have the odd woman that will say, I took oral progesterone and I became really depressed and really tired Mm. because it goes too much the other way for them. They're too sensitive. It's not that they have too much of it. It's just their GABA receptor. They have a sensitivity to it. And so it's too much for them. And And reducing the dose doesn't help? Typically not. Sometimes increasing the dose will, which is okay. So I heard you say that on a podcast. Explain how. Yeah, could you imagine trying to get someone who just started taking something and had this horrible effect on them, and you're like, "Yeah, I need you to take more." That's a tough sell. Oh, I know. That's what I said on the podcast. I was like, "Look, you could try this," but I've had. I have a sensitivity to oral, and I've when I realized it. That's the worst I've ever felt in my entire life. I could see I, I've had so much compassion for people that have severe depression. 
because mm-hmm. that was the first time I had felt it where I couldn't stop crying. I literally wanted to jump off the bridge. Oh I, I didn't want to live. It was so bad. And it was just from the oral progesterone. My sister has the same thing. Really? It is. There's not a lot of research done on it. Um, there was, there's was. there been research done by one woman. I'm going to forget her name. And it had to do with PMDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder. So her research is based around that, which is in the second half of your cycle, when you start to produce the progesterone, some women get severe PMS, which is coined PMDD. And this is, they can be really, um, have a lot of rage, crying, like they they literally feel like Jekyll and Hyde, like completely different person in the second half of their cycle where they wanna leave their spouse, they hate their children, Wow, um, it's absolutely terrible. And this is because of the sensitivity to this, the how it reacts on the GABA in the brain. And it's just too much. So there is, I haven't, tr- I haven't actually seen anybody six, try even increasing the dose because they feel usually so terrible. Like they can't stop crying. They're mm-hmm. just super emotional. So I typically don't say go ahead and double your dose, right? No. Um, And the doctors I work with, I've I've educated them on this because I have actually quite a few women that have this problem. And so first thing to do would be to do topical progesterone because topical doesn't convert so high into the metabolites. I see. So there is a solution for them. It's just you have to get creative. You have to get creative. And then if that doesn't work... And a lot of women will start to have breakthrough bleeding because the, they, they're taking estrogen, which makes them feel like a million bucks, but they're not on enough progesterone to counteract the growth of the estrogen in the uterus. And so some women actually have to turn to the Mirena, which I know I just talked all negative about the Mirena and it is terrible, the but yeah. it's, it is like the last resort that if you want to take estrogen because you feel so good on it, but you don't want to have this, you know, these, this reaction to progesterone, that is kind of like the last, last case scenario sort of thing is you could try the Mirena. So the Mirena is an IUD. It's a progesterone IUD. Yeah. Basically, but it's progestin, right? Is it progestin? Yeah, it is. So it's the least, it's the least desirable of the options, but as a last case, as a last ditch effort. And maybe is it that the progestin it's a little bit like the estriol cream that women will use intravaginally to address dryness, that kind of thing. And it doesn't increase the the systemic load of estrogen as it were in women. It who does are, a little bit, but does. not as much. And not as much. So you're better yeah. off to be on the marina than you are to take it orally. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you kind of have to weigh your the pros and cons, right? Like what are you getting from taking estrogen? Mm-hmm. a lot for some yeah. women, right? Yeah. Some women can't function. They quit their jobs. They're a hot mess. You know, it's, it's terrible. So if, if that's the case, then you have to go, okay, I can put the Mirena in and get all these benefits from estrogen, which really helps my health in the long run. And, you know, so you're on, even if you did it for six years, t- the 10 year window post-menopause, and then tried to come off of both and see how, how you do. Yeah. Um, you can try also suppository progesterone. I, one lady recently, she tried that. It still was too much. She still mm-hmm. got the feelings of depression. 
And how so, long does it, so it doesn't take long for them to, to experience whether it's going to no. work or not. Like at the end of the day, this is, this is not a six month window. We're suffering here. This is a try it out and call me in a week or two days or three, like whenever kind of thing. It, yeah. And only, I would say like 5% of the women that I have, like I can count them on one, you know, I probably have maybe six women right now out of a few yeah. hundred that have this problem. This is so interesting, right? Because this speaks so much to personalization. Yeah, it speaks so yeah. much to there's not a formula. And I think this is where the pe people maybe get in trouble with the pellets a little bit because the pellet comes in a dose. It's not there's very little nuance. There's not a whole lot of wiggle room. It's like, you know, you're going to get this. And I and and like you, I mean, I've seen people who love their pellets. You can't take them away. But I've also spoken to a lot of men and women who had a pellet implanted in their butt and was stuck with misery for three months. Like there's literally, there was very little they could do about it. Yeah. I had one woman, she gained like 20 pounds in water retention from it and oh, had acne wow. all over her body. And I was like, this is why we want to test. You can mm -hmm. test with the Dutch test. If they push down that that pathway that leads to dihydrotestosterone. So right. you can see beforehand, ooh, you really push down that side. Mm -hmm. So at our clinic, we don't do any pellets. And if somebody does push down that side, there's either medication or there's some really good natural supplements that you can take that will help your body to go down the more beta side of that pathway rather than the alpha side and take you away from the dihydrotestosterone. So there's there's that solution. Um, estrogen, some women need like a little tiny bit and they feel amazing and it, it gets rid of all their symptoms and they feel good. And then you'll have the woman that needs a boatload of it before all the symptoms go away. And she's like, now I feel amazing, you know? Yeah. So yeah, you really, you can kind of start at one spot that's very similar to many others, but it almost always is going to need to be tweaked. And hormones go in three-month cycles. So you, you you work with a practitioner every three months to say, okay, how are you feeling? Are your symptoms gone? How are you feeling on the inside? I watch to see where their estrogen's at. We know from research that women, that we need to get our estradiol up to 65 picograms per milliliter. This is an American measurement. So for the Canadians, you have to convert. We need to see it 65 and over to prevent osteoporosis and to get other internal health benefits. So most practitioners are using what's called biased. This yeah. is 80% estriol, which is the weakest form of estrogen. And it's the estrogen that we produce the most when we're pregnant. So it's known as the pregnancy hormone. It's also most prevalent in your vagina tissue. That's what really helps with your lubrication. It sits on the estrogen receptor literally for minutes and gets off. So it doesn't have a ton of signaling. It's not very strong. And it is by no means our most important estrogen. It's the weakest. There is some research that shows that it's breast protective. And that's because it's not sitting on the receptor for very long. Right. Right. Then there's estrone, which is very important for bone health. But if you have too much of it, it can create inflammation and weight gain. And this tends to be what women produce the most when we're, they're menopausal because we can produce it out of our fat cells. So your mm. body's really smart, right? Yeah. You lose your estradiol, the most important in menopause. Your body goes, we need this. It's the most important hormone in this woman's body. How are we going to get it? 
put some fat on her <laughs> and we'll make it through her fat cells. We'll make some estrone, which can convert to estradiol. And then those two convert down to estriol. We get, I would say at least 85% of hormone doctors are prescribing this bias. So they give you 80% of this pregnancy hormone and 20% of the estradiol. And we, we rarely see that bringing up estradiol high enough to get the health benefits. Once again, it's, it's old information. It comes from compounding pharmacies. Like you won't, mm -hmm. there's not a single pharmaceutical company that makes estriol. It comes from compounding pharmacies. And so there is some, I wouldn't say there's, I don't think there's research on it. Um, some of the hormone doctors that I follow, mainly Dr. Felice Gersh. Yeah. She's brilliant. She's probably one of the smartest hormone doctors on the face of the planet, truly. And she says that she thinks that there's something that estriol does to downregulate our immune system when we're pregnant. And so she said, why are we trying to mimic pregnancy in menopausal women? Right. And that, that it could sense. be affecting our immune system. And so you get a lot of doctors that are very, um, they're in a box. They've been trained mm -hmm. by one person or one institution, which is you use bias, you use in the lowest dose possible, and you use oral progesterone every single day. And that's not looking at the person as an individual. Like some of them, sure, they, if you've had a history of breast cancer, your family has a history of breast cancer, bias could be a great fit for you. You got a lot of vaginal atrophy. It feels like glass when you're having sex, you know, it's shut down because that's mm -hmm. what happens. It can actually shut down. Estriol can be great to put in there. Mm -hmm. Awesome. But this is it. It's individual. You know, we're saying just give them the smallest amount of estradiol possible. Well, we're robbing that person then of the amazing health benefits of estrogen for women. Right. So it really needs to, we need to open up our minds. We need to go, okay, what does the research tell us right now. And we know that estradiol is very important for osteoporosis, Alzheimer's, dementia, the diabetes, all of these things. Testosterone is all of those things to men. And I think it's good if, if a guy's made it all the way through this podcast, good on <laughs> you because you're going to learn a lot for your lady friends, <laughs> yeah. right? Like yeah. sex isn't fun for us in menopause when we're a hot mess and we're not sleeping and our vagina's dry and the libido's literally non-existent. Yeah. It's not fun. And mm -hmm. putting in testosterone and estrogen can revitalize a woman's sex drive and make her actually want to continue having sex <laughs> until her yeah. old age, which is really important. A lot mm -hmm. of women will leave their spouse at this time because they, they just can't do it. Well, and you're not connecting, right? You're like there's, connecting. I mean, sex is, you know, sex is sex, but what we sometimes forget is there's, you, you maintain an intimacy and a connection through sex that is quite, that in a couple, you know, whoever that couple is, um, you it's very hard to get in, in, in other ways. I mean, oxytocin, right? How do we produce yes. oxytocin? We produce oxytocin from physical touch. And, uh, that, that is, it's important. And, and I think, you know, I, I know that I've, I've heard other people talk about this. Sex is one of those things where, 
you stop having sex and your body stops supporting sex. Right. For men, like it's a negative for prostate health. It's a negative for making testosterone. For women, it's the same thing. Like the body is incredibly economical. It's super smart. It's not going to make something you don't use, right? So it's like muscle. You're not going to challenge your body to make muscle. It's not going to make it because it's too damn expensive to maintain. So I think all of these things are, they go hand in hand. Like they're so, it's so important. And I, you know, very often hormone replacement therapy, like we talked about, there's a lot of fear around it. There's in some circles, there's stigma around it because it's not, it's not, um, it's not natural or whatever the case may be. But I think that we owe it to ourselves to look at the whole picture and, and where it gets problematic is when it becomes too simplified by people because they don't, I don't know why, you know, like you say, sometimes Mm -hmm. like it's not what they've learned or they haven't been trained properly or whatever the case may be, but to have someone who takes the time to sit with the individual and work through their journey and check in every three months so that you can keep tweaking and tweaking and tweaking until you get that right answer. Like that's the gift. Yeah. And we all go to our doctors, especially Canadians. We're terrible for that. We, we get free healthcare, which means, which is amazing. But if we don't look outside of it then to get help and we go to our doctors going, I'm a hot mess, I can't sleep. And what are we giving? We're giving an antidepressant. We're giving a sleeping pill. Yeah. They don't, they're not trained in bioidentical hormones and well, they believe I, yeah. everything that came out of the women's health initiative and they haven't seen that it's been revised and all debunked and they're just, that's what they're going on. I had a woman the other day that was 57 years old and she was on birth control pills from her doctor. At 57 Why? for osteoporosis. That's an interesting approach. Was she lifting weights at least? No. <laughs> I don't know. She might have been. <laughs> it did help. It did. But I was like, why would you be on birth control when you could be on bioidentical? Like that makes no sense to me at all. And her doctor was a, considered her, called herself a menopause expert. Well, you know, at least she's thinking about it. Yeah. It's true because most women don't, or most women, they, we have this, women are like, we're martyrs, like got to tough it out. And they feel like succumb, if they succumb to using hormones, like they failed themselves and the people around them. It's like, oh, I can't help it. I just, I have to. And it's Mm -hmm. like, no, own it. This can be ladies and men. This can be the best years of your life. You know, I'm talking all the negative here today. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be that way. These can be the best years of your life. It's when we as women are like, oh, what do I want for the first time in my life? I've done, you know, I've raised the children. I'm either keeping the husband or getting rid of them, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And it's about what do you want and what do you want to do with your life? And this is the second chapter of your life. And you can own that and you can feel amazing and age gracefully with your mind intact and your body intact for for a lot longer when you're doing these anti-aging things like hormones and peptides. Yes. They go hand in hand, by the way, everybody, because this is a peptide podcast. Those two go hand in hand. They worked beautifully together for anti-aging. And again, it's different for each person. Right. And the peptides are the same. Like we, you know, we just recorded a podcast for Karen's podcast with me talking about peptides. And and I know that you use them in your practice as well. I mean, it's 
the the thing with peptides it's just like hormones it's personalized and it's going to depend and it's going to require all the other work being done around it right? oh my gosh the, yes the nutrition yes. the exercise the mindset the sleep the the detox all the things yes stress reduction like yes. it does it has to be the full package once in a blue moon i'll come across a woman that she, like I said, she can slap on the hormones and go on her merry way and doesn't have to change a damn thing. But majority of women, they really do need to look at this from a very holistic standpoint. It takes usually up to a good year to really dial in your hormone replacement for you as an individual. What foods do you need? How, do you need stress reduction? Are you exercising? You got to circulate those hormones. Are you detoxing them properly? Are you pooping every day? There's a lot that goes into it if you want to get the most benefits out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I love it. Thank you. All right. Well, I think we're going to be start coming up on time because you're going to have to go we soon. Are. So yep. why don't we <laughs> let people know where they can find you, Miss Karen, and work with you? I'm super excited you're in Canada personally, because I think finding a good practitioner in Canada is a little oh, bit like so looking hard. for a unicorn. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh my God, is that ever true? Yeah. Uh, so right now we, our doctors can, we can prescribe in every state in the U.S., and right now we've got British Columbia, Alberta, and Ontario for um, prescribing in Canada, but we can probably do a lot more. We just, as as we're going along, it's like if somebody comes to us from, let's say, somewhere from else, Edward Island or wherever, then we'll look into, okay, can we find a doctor to work with in that province? And we'll kind of hit it as we go along. Um, we've got packages kind of for every price point. I've got a membership group that's been going for five years That's walks you through everything that we just talked about here today, all of the different areas that you need to be looking at when you're replacing the hormones. Um, I do lab reviews for people in the group code chain. It's great. Weekly meal plans, um, lots on hormones and weight loss for women, midlife women. Uh, and then we've got packages that include doctors visits and prescriptions. And these guys are, they've been in the business for a long time. They're excellent with their hormones. Um, and they, they listen to me, which is good. <laughs> we, we work together on, on your page. case. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And we go back and forth and we talk about you and we're like, okay, what's going to be best for this person They're um, in the United States, the uh, compounding pharmacy that we work with also does peptides. So we're doing the weight loss peptides, other peptides, um, uh, they're also doing anabolic steroids for some people that were interested in that, which I know that's probably like, what? But they actually have their place. Yeah, no, I listen. That's a whole, that's so interesting. That's, a whole, that yeah. up. that's a whole <laughs> other topic. But, and again, another very highly stigmatized topic. So exactly. But yeah. we're going to stick to the combination. Yeah. Yeah. The combination yeah, of. <laughs> Some of these growth hormones with that is, can be pretty amazing what can happen to the body and the bone health. But anyways, yeah, whole other topic. So we've got kind of got something for everybody. Um, my podcast, The Other Side of Weight Loss, you'll get a lot more information. I've got over 240 episodes now, all wow. about hormones, weight loss for women. Sorry, guys, it's all female-based. The guys, you can join our Facebook group um, at RSM, it's called. Um, that's the doctor's Facebook site, but I'm also in there and I help answer questions and stuff like that. Women can join it too. And then there's a quiz on my site that can get people started. It's a hormone quiz that can kind of tell you what your 
what could be your main imbalances. So if you're feeling mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is ringing a bell. Some of these things are happening to me or maybe you're in menopause and it's not, not too late. So if you want help with your hormones and your diet and weight loss and all those things, then karenmartell.com. karenmartell.com. Keep it simple. I love it. Keep it simple. <laughs> Thank you so much, Karen Martell. And uh, it's been a pleasure. I know we're going to be talking again. <laughs> Definitely. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly, or if you'd like to leave any comments, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, natnidham.com. And of course, if you're not already a member of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Community on Facebook, that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application. Just answer a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. Thanks again, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.